Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I want you to try to believe this with me. Now, now ask yourself, do you believe that God is real? Do you believe that the Bible is more powerful than anybody in this room? Do you believe that God can speak to His people no matter what's going on? Then let's try to focus. The Bible says when we gather together to pay attention to the reading of the Word and the teaching thereof. Uh, I'm going to be preaching out of Jonah chapter 2 this morning. That is our book of the month, and I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let it out early. I never let out the next month's book this early, uh, but I am not moving on from Jonah. Uh, we're going to double back on Jonah again next month. So we're going to stay in this little time. You're like, Pastor, I've already read Jonah 35 times. Praise the Lord. Because here's the reality. If anybody in this room thinks everybody in this room has read the entire book of Jonah, see me after church and I'll change the book of the month. Or I'll, I'll point you in the direction for some real therapy. Because everybody in this room has not read the book of Jonah this month. And we certainly have not learned everything that this book has to teach us. And I'm going to be preaching out of Jonah chapter 2. You can turn in your Bibles there if you want to. These verses will be on the screen. But here's what I want you to do. Hear the word of the Lord. Open your mouth and say, here. In Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, How Do I Get Out of This Trap? Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray right now that you would let us drive out every thought of our mind other than what you have us here to do, which is to hear your word and to be taught by your spirit. God, I thank you that you have left us, your comforter, your, your guide, your, your advocate, God. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would teach us what you would have us to know from your word by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at the first chapter of Jonah in a two-part sermon uh, titled, You Can Run But You Can't Hide. And, and we saw some things about Jonah. We saw God had a plan for Jonah's life, and I want you to know God's still got a plan for your life. The Bible says we have these stories for our examples. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now or what's going on in the world. You need to hear the Word of God for you. I had to pause to get four people to agree with that. If you think somebody else needs to get their life together, uh, that probably is true. But right now, we all need to hear the Word of God as individually as individuals in a corporate setting, does anybody believe that you need to hear what God wants you to hear? Yeah. All right. The rest of y'all, good luck. <laughs> God told Jonah three things in the first chapter. He told Jonah to get up, go to Nineveh, and tell Nineveh to repent, but Jonah didn't like that. Those weren't his people. He didn't want to preach to these people because they were a different race. He was against them racially. He didn't like them. He didn't want to do what God told him to do. So he ran. We see so much of that still in 2022. 
Jonah had been following God for a long time. He had been preaching. He, he had been a bold mouthpiece of God. He had done some great things for God. But it got to the place in Jonah's life where he said, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sticking around anymore. And we still see people doing that in 2022. And, and, and we, we saw in the first chapter, God gave this command to Jonah, get up. And I told you, God used that to speak to so many people throughout the body of Christ, the kingdom of God's people. And I believe it's still the word from the Lord. Uh, we got to get up and start doing what God has called us to do. When are you going to beat your addiction? When are you going to put that stuff out of your life that you know needs to be out of your life? When are you going to get up and start praying the way God wants you to pray? When are you going to get up and start being the Bible study and prayer warrior, uh, Jesus-loving person that you say that you are? It is time for us to be what God has called us to be. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah, I told you, he wanted to serve God as long as it fit into his wheelhouse. As long as everybody was doing what made him feel warm and fuzzy. He had that same mentality that people have today. I'll serve God when I feel like it. I'll serve God the way I think God should be served. Listen, God doesn't accept any old kind of servitude. God's not so desperate for followers that he'll accept anything we throw at him. The Bible says that the sacrifices that are offered to God when they're offered with an unclean heart are an abomination to the Lord. And we, Jonah was trying to do things his own way, and he got in trouble. Uh, we saw uh, four things about Jonah's life. We saw that you can run, but you can't hide. He tried to run away from God. God tracked him down. We saw that you never realize how much your sin is going to cost you until it's too late. He was going in a bad way, and it, got, it went from bad to worse. We saw that it's not just your life that your sin uh, impacts negatively. It impacts people around you. Well, I'm mad. Well, your stink is rubbing off on everybody else. <laughs> if I had enough time right now and enough people that wanted to get right with God and real with God, we could just sit down on that. Bad attitudes affecting more than you know. And being angry is affecting a lot of things. Jonah's, Jonah's problems affected the people around him. And the last thing we saw about Jonah's life was when you run from God and go to the world, they're going to throw you out. See, here's the, here's the horrible reality, and hear me good if you're saved. If you're saved, the most miserable place you can find yourself in is halfway serving God. Real Christians can't embrace the world. Now, you, you can't go back to what you used to be and enjoy it fully. You can try, but it's just not a fit anymore. You, 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 you become a square peg, and you don't fit in that round hole anymore. But if you're not fully serving God, then, then you're in church, but miserable because you know, I, I, I guess I should let it go and, and let God. Yeah, it's a miserable place to be halfway in and halfway out and I told you and last time we talked about Jonah uh, stop stop going halfway just just do what God says do because you're gonna have to do it anyway so Jonah goes through all that and he ends up inside the belly of a giant fish now I don't know what you think but I know what I know see a lot of people think this story is metaphorical that it's just uh, a fable to make a point 
that it's just a parable, uh, first natural, then spiritual, and God just using this, uh, this analogy to get us to understand some stuff. Let me tell you what I think and what every real Christian thinks and what every true theologian on the planet thinks. This is not a fable. It's not a parable. It's, it's not a, an allegory. It's not a metaphor. It's not an analogy. Jonah was a real human being who was on a real boat in a real storm who got thrown off into real water and swallowed and was alive inside a real fish. Two people said amen. Well, I... Pastor, that's just ridiculous. The, the, the stomach acids alone inside of a, a giant fish would have killed. How would he breathe in there? Listen, the Bible says with God all things are possible. How are you still alive after all the stuff you've been through? You've been in some fish's bellies in your own life. Metaphorically, you, you've been in some stuff that should have killed you. You've been in some stuff that should have took you out of your right mind, but you're still holding on partway. So we get to this second chapter we're going to look at today. And uh, Jonah has been trapped inside this fish. And I promise you, this, this, is what, this is what's in Jonah's mind. How am I going to get out of here? Let me tell you something. Everybody in this room has been in a trap. And, and, and I want you to know how to get out of whatever trap you find yourself in. We've got God's word for our example. I'm going to answer this question for you and I, I believe I know in my heart this sermon is going to help different people in different ways because we're all in different places in our life and I want you to find where you are inside this passage of scripture if you care about God at all I want you to do the work of introspection today I want you to let God show you who you are and where you are because there's three groups of people represented in this sermon and you're in one of these groups first group is belly dwellers Guess who that is? That's people inside the fish. That, that, that's, that's people who are dwelling inside the belly. And if you're in the whale's belly, it, 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 this, this is going to help you get out if you let it. Don't, don't be. Don't, don't be like those people. Don't be like Pharaoh who said, come back tomorrow and, and I'll do what God wants me to do. Don't stay one more night in your trap. Don't stay one more day in your misery. Don't wait one more hour inside the belly of the fish. God's got a way for you to get out, belly dweller. You're a first group of people. Say first group. The second group is family and friends of belly dwellers. Oh, what a horrible position to be in. You love somebody and you know they're in the whale's belly. Because they wouldn't do what God told them to do. And they messed around and they didn't give in. Listen. When, when the rain started coming, when Jonah got on that boat with all these heathen, he should have known, this ain't for me. But he went ahead and stayed on the boat. When the rain started falling, Jonah should have known, mm, this going to get bad. He should have got right with God. Why do people wait until they get to the very bottom of life uh, until they finally look up. Think about the prodigal son. He should have got right with God when his money started to run out. He should have got right with God when he realized he was hanging around somebody that didn't love his God that, that hooked him up with a job working with pigs. He should have said, this, this ain't for me. I got to get back to getting right with God. But people wait until they get to the end of their rope. I heard a preacher say one time, if you're at the end of your rope, just let go. 
because you wasn't smart enough to jump off at the jumping off point, so you're going to have to be one of those people to hit rock bottom before you look up. Man, it's tough to be in group two because that's, that's the friends and family. Family and friends of belly dwellers. If you know somebody in the whale's belly, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to help you this morning. Help get them out. And listen, if you got anybody you care about, you need to hear this sermon. If you got children, if you got friends, if you got any family members, if you got any coworkers that you care about, you need to know how to be an expert at getting people out of the trap of the whale's belly. In the third group, Oh, man, I wish we all could end up in this group. It's the smallest group. This is people who see the belly of the whale for what it is, and they've decided in advance, not me. Not going to be me. Never going to be me. Ain't getting in that trap. I'm just going to stay right here in the middle of my Jesus love fest, and I'm not going to, to, to Joppa, I'm not going to Lodibar, I'm not going to no belly of a whale, I'm not going to a place where God doesn't want me to be. That's the third group, say third group. Let's look at verse 1 in Jonah chapter 2. The Bible says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Then Jonah prayed. What do what, 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 what I want you to see? Then comes when? After. After what? After being ignorant. After going his own way, after not doing what he should have been doing, after, see, because here, here's, here's the trap we get into. We justify, well, why should I do what's right? The whole world's going to hell in a handbag. Why should I? What about them? Listen, let them worry about them. Well, you got to worry about you. Jonah finally gets to the place. It can't get much worse for him. He should have got right with God way sooner than this. Smarten up, Christian. But then, when? <laughs> after all the bad stuff happened, after he tried his best to, to go his way and it didn't work out, let me tell you something. You ever find yourself running away from God? Hear, hear me well. It's not going to work out for you. Not if you're saved. Now, if you're lost, you can run away from God all you want to. But if you're saved, it is not going to work out for you. It's just like the kids in my house. If... if if Nancy sent one of her grandkids over to my house, and I said, get in there and clean up the kitchen. And they're like, I'm not cleaning up the kitchen. And they, and they call, well, they call you. Grandma, just normal, just plain Jane, everyday run of the mill, no DD, me, me, GG, just grandma. All right, country girl. Just, just uh, if they got grandma on the phone, and said, come get me. I wouldn't grab them by the back of the neck and say, boy, you better get in there and clean up that kitchen. What? what? They don't have to. They don't have to listen to me. Why? They ain't mine. But if that one right over there tried to leave my house when I told him to get, get clean up the kitchen, I'm going to chase him down, grab him as he's walking out the door, drag him back in there and show him where the kitchen is. If you belong to God, you can't get away from God. You're going to have to do what's right eventually. Why stay in your misery? See, some of y'all have run from God so long, lived in carnality so long, been backslid so long, refused to give in so long that your misery is the only thing keeping you warm at night and you've got comfortable being uncomfortable. you got to get to the place where you realize this belly of this well life stinks. It is no good, and you got to start praying. Finally, 
Jonah prays. In, in chapter 1, verse 5, all the sailors were praying to their little G-gods. You can see that in the first chapter. In verse 6 of the first chapter, the shipmaster comes and tells Jonah, pray to whatever God you believe in. But he didn't. In verse 14, everybody on the ship is praying. But Jonah. That sounds like some people in this room. I do pray. Your attitude is stank. What God say about stank attitude? Well, officially nothing. <laughs> but what he did say is if you regard iniquity in your heart, I will not hear you when you pray. Got a news flash for some folk. God not listening to your prayers with that stank attitude. He already said, if you hold on to, to your issues, he, listen, well, does God hear anybody's? Do you have to be perfect for God to hear your prayers? No, but you got to have your heart right. There's a lot of prayer going on in chapter 1, but the one who needs it the most, he ain't doing it. And this is typical of belly dwellers. They know they need to pray. They know God. They know God could get them out, but they are stewing in their stupidity. They are steeped in their dumbness. They have just decided, I don't care. I'm mad. Who is God to tell me to go preach to these racist people? I'm not going to do it. Whatever they're mad about, they're just mad. And they're like, mm, ain't that bad? Yeah, it stinks in here, but I smelled worse. <laughs> do you hear you? You're outside from the blessing of God. You've alienated yourself from the good favor of God over your issues. You're mad. You're angry. And you're just like, <clears throat> belly dwellers. Lots of prayer going on around belly dwellers, but usually not by the ones doing it. Not by the one that need it the most. Most belly dwellers are surrounded by people who, who, who are praying for them. But hear me good. God's not going to step in on the belly dweller's behalf until that belly dweller does something about it. It was good to have people praying for you. But the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. You reap whatever you sow. You, you, you want to go out there and be mad and angry? You're going to reap mad and angry. The Bible says you sow to the wind, you're going to reap the whirlwind. Counselors could save people a lot of time if they had just cut to the chase. A lot of people... Uh, don't, don't like aggressive counseling. They want to sit there and be stroked by the counselor for weeks and months, massaged by the counselor, because the counselor's only got one, one hope in mind. He wants you to come back every week so he can keep getting that money. That ain't how I do it. I cut right into it. Somebody comes in, off, well, I just don't understand, blah, 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 and I hit them with the truth, and they're like, well, that's not what I was expecting you to say. Yo, I, yeah, I know. You wanted me to co-sign on your madness. You wanted me to say he's wrong, and you're right. Not what I came here. You want me to say she's wrong, and you're right. Not what I came here to do. When you tell people personal responsibility, straighten up and fly right, eh, people don't want to hear that. But here's the reality. If you're stuck in the, in the belly of the whale, you got a choice. You can stay there, or you can do what it takes to get out. And some people... Some people just stubborn. Some people, I, I was telling my sister, we were talking about child raising and 
Uh, my kids, man, I tell you, my kids were easy to raise. They, they, it, it, it wasn't because I put strong discipline on them. They just weren't that strong-willed. And uh, we, we were talking about p uh, kids that do certain things, and I said, well, you know, you, you, you can beat some of that out of them, but I don't know if you can beat strong-willed out of them easy. I didn't have to deal with strong-willed kids, and I thank God for that. My kids loved me and just did mostly what I told them to do, uh, hid it behind my back without getting caught for what, I, what, what they wanted to get away with. Amen? Y'all know how kids are. You know I know. But these people that just want to stay stuck on stank, don't be that dumb. Don't do it. If you love the Lord, go ahead and get right with God now. Ain't no sense in, 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 in staying in that. Well, I, I, I'll get, listen, I have heard people say this, and it just it, every time I hear it, I say, that sounds like that raggedy living Christians. Uh, whether it's Colin Kaepernick or your favorite senator. Well, I'll stand up for America when America lives up to its greatest ideals. And until America becomes all that it says it's going to be, I'm not going to pledge the flag. Okay, I hear you. But are you standing up for all you pledged to be? Oops. Well, people don't like that kind of preaching. That's why there's empty chairs in the room now. People want to be told, it's okay, baby. It's going to be all right. No, you want to stay stuck on stank? That's ridiculous. Belly dwellers smelling up the whole world because they don't want to do what God is calling them to do. But now that things are as bad as they can get in Jonah's life, he finally breaks down and prays. And that's the key for the belly dweller. Break down and pray. Let go of it. Release it. Stop being mad. But I'm not going to change until they change. You're torturing yourself. They're not thinking about you. Think about all the people you ever held unforgiveness toward. And I've had these battles in my own life with some people. I've had to forgive and re-forgive some folk in my own life. They never knew I was staying up late being angry at them. It was hurting me more than it was hurting them. Jonah down here in this fish's belly, he's mad at everybody, but he's the one smelling like fish. <laughs> and the only way you're coming out of whatever trap you're in is when you do what Jonah did. Same thing the prodigal son did. He waited till he was covering pig slop. When he finally came to it, I love the King James says, he came to himself. Had to come to Jesus meeting with himself. Finally woke up and smelled the pig slop. Jonah's finally waking up and smelling the fish stink. Hear me good, belly dweller. When are you going to smell the stink in your own life? Who are you to tell me that? Listen, I told y'all to begin with, I don't have it all worked out. I'm just the messenger. Don't get mad at the postman because your light bill's higher this month than it was last month. That ain't his fault. Well, who are you to hand me a light bill that's higher than it was last month? Just a delivery boy? You can decide whether you want to be in that belly or not. Verse 2, listen to what he did. Jonah said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. Do you see how personal that is? See, before he's blaming the Assyrians. 
Before, he's blaming a whole group of people for what they did wrong and why he didn't feel like doing what he was supposed to do. But now, he's gotten tired of fish stink. He's gotten tired of being in the belly of the whale. And he decided, well, I'm going to have to get it right with the Lord. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. Here's the lie of the devil to the belly dweller. Ain't that bad? I can still breathe. I'm still living. I'll do what I want to do. Mm, stank. Do what Jonah did. He cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. This is personal. This is what it's going to take to get real deliverance is get personal with God. He said, I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. Here's my promise to you today. No matter how bad a trap you're in, no matter how difficult life is on you, no matter how much you got bad going on in your life, no matter how upset you are, and no matter how difficult things may seem, if you will cry out to God on your own behalf in sincerity for your trouble, not for what other people have done to you, for your trouble, then he will hear you too. Verse 3 says, You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea, the mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. I wish I could put this verse of Scripture in the hands of every false preacher on the planet, every false theologian on the planet. The devil been messing with me. Now God's trying to get your attention. The devil can't do anything to you that God doesn't allow to happen to you. He didn't say, the devil overthrew me and tossed me into the heart of the... No, you messed around and did wrong, and God got on you about it. Well, the enemy been bothering me. No, God's trying to give you a wake-up call. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. When you realize that it's time for you to get personal with God and that only God is in control of the good, the bad, and the ugly, you're not going to have real deliverance. Verse 4 said, then I said, after all that, Jonah said, Oh, Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. See, Jonah realized, hey, I'm just reaping what I sowed. God told me to do something. I didn't do it. So he tossed me off in the depths of the sea. He drove me from his presence. And I, but I'm going to look one more time to his holy temple. I want you to know, child of God, if you're in here and you're saved, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what your situation looks like, it's time for you to look to God again. Oh, Y'all ought to be throwing money on the altar, repenting, weeping, wailing, gnashing teeth. Y'all ought to be just over the moon to, to, to realize that you still have the opportunity to turn to God again. Verse 5 said, I sank beneath the waves. The waters closed over me. Why did all this happen to Jonah? Because Jonah brought it upon himself. Why do we have record of it so we can learn from it? He said, seaweed wrapped itself around my head. Now, nobody in this room is in the literal belly of a fish. But some of our lives have got some stink on them for bad decisions that we've made. For choosing to go our way instead of God's way. And it is a sinking path. It is a trap that just gets tighter and tighter 
and tighter. It just goes from bad to worse. Verse 6 said, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. And then if he was 2022 Christian, real, you know, churchy kind of Christian, some of y'all, some of y'all said this out of your own mouth. But God. But God. He said, man, all this is going on. But God snatched me from the jaws of death. Do you want your life to get better? If you want things to change, stop waiting on other folk to change, and you change. He said, all this was going on. <laughs> but God snatched me from the jaws of death, and if he did it for Jonah, he can do it for you too. The problem is, some of y'all so mad, you'd rather stay stank in the belly of the whale uh, while you're mad at somebody else instead of getting right with God and getting your joy back. Man, I miss hymns. I really do. I grew up in a time where we sang different kinds of songs in church. Some of y'all missed out on it. But I, but I still think that you ought to get to the place where you can say, I've got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Uh, we used to say, I got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Listen, you need to get your Holy Ghost back. You need to get your mind back together. Stop worrying about what everybody else has got going on in their life. And you need to let God snatch you out of the stink and the trap that you were in. Verse 7 says, as my life was slipping away. I remembered the Lord. We have these stories for our example. Guess what God wants you to do? Remember him. Remember him. Do you See, if you're saved at all, you can remember a time when life was awesome. If you're saved at all, you can remember a time where you were happy about Jesus, where God was good to you, and you need to remember the Lord. He said, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Stop thinking other people are going to fix your situation and start talking to the one who can. Verse 8 says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. Do you see, I don't have time to teach this to you, but do you see how out of place verse 8 sounds with everything else? He's talking about what he's doing, what he's doing, what he's been through, where he's at, and then he just throws this in off a curveball. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. That sounds out of place, but Jonah's having an epiphany. Jonah's realizing he's living like lost folk. Jonah's realizing all them people on that ship, they don't know you the way I know you. And, and, and it, it, what they do is they turn their back on your mercy. How does this fit in with all these other verses? Because Jonah is making a decision for himself right now that says, I'm going to stop doing what they would do, and I'm going to start doing what I know to do. I'm not going to turn my back on God's mercies. I'm not going to wait till everything gets perfect to start loving God again. Stop. Listen to me, belly dweller. Stop turning your back on God's mercy. He's trying to send you a wake-up call today. He's trying to help you get out of the stink and get back on the good foot. That's, if, that's for belly dwellers. Listen, if you're in the second group, I said that's friends and family of belly dwellers. Listen to verse 9. Jonah said, but I will offer the sacrifices 
to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. He said, that's what lost folk do, and I've been living like lost folk. But guess what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to offer sacrifice. I'm going to sing songs of praise, God, and I'm going to fulfill, listen, my vows. But what about my husband? When's he going to fulfill his, what about Pastor Scott? When's he going, what about the president? When's he, what about, what about, listen, it's a personal relationship with God. And Jonah had to get off blaming other people. And he had to say, I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. I will fulfill my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. If you think that the government is going to be your salvation, you are wrong. If you think Pastor Scott is going to be your salvation, you are wrong. If you think the church is going to be your salvation, you are wrong. Salvation comes from the Lord alone. And I want to ask you something. Is he still worth praising? Mm. Listen, if you're in the second group, if you got family and friends who are, who are in the belly uh, of, of the fish right now, if you got people that are in a trap that you care about, uh, they're going to have to get right for themselves. But one thing you can do, you can start praising God for them. I love that one chorus that says, don't wait till the party's over. Shout now. You can start shouting and thanking God for deliverance. You can start thanking God for what they're going, what he's going to do in advance. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21, uh, the Bible says, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat appointed singers to praise the Lord in front of the army before the battle. Start praising God on behalf of people who are in the belly. Start praising God for your children who ain't all the way delivered yet. Start praising God for your family members who ain't all the way delivered yet. Start praising God for yourself who ain't all the way delivered yet. Yet because praise gets God moving. Got to start thanking God in advance. Got to stand in the gap between judgment and mercy for the people that you love. If you're here and, and, and maybe you're, you're in the belly and maybe you got family and friends in the belly. Listen, you got to get your mind together. And you got to start thanking God in advance because the same God that got Jonah out can get you out. And the same God that got you out can get your children out. And the same God that got your children out can get this nation out. But it starts with one, and that one is you because my salvation comes from the Lord alone. you got to get to the place where you can just boldly say, I don't even care what others may do, but as for me and mine, we're going to serve the Lord. It's a boo game to get caught in what others are doing. It's a trap to get caught in what other people have going on. you got to decide, my salvation is just between me and God. And I'm not going to let other people steal my blessing. I'm not going to forget about the mercies of God. And I am going to get myself together. And I am going to praise God and thank God for my family and friends who may be in a trap of their own. Because then... This word then's in there again. Look at verse 10, and I'm done. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. God's in control the whole time. It wasn't the devil that made Jonah run away from God. He did that on his own. It wasn't the devil that made them seamen throw away all their treasures into the ocean and the storm start to tear the ship up. That was God. 
And it wasn't somebody else that needed to get right with God for Jonah. Stop waiting on somebody to get right with God for you. If you want to stink off you, if you want all that God has for you, you need to have a then moment. You need to have that then in verse 1 where you take personal responsibility and you pray. Because before you can have the then moment in verse 10, you've got to have the then moment in verse 1. Get right with God for yourself. Repent on your own behalf. Stop sinking deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Turn to God and he'll hear you just like he heard Jonah. Stop waiting on what other people are doing. And remember how good God is and that he alone is your salvation. Verse 10 says, then. And I want everybody to have their then moment. Then the Lord ordered the fish. God's always in control. God can turn your situation around in less than the blink of an eye. Too many people wondering when God's going to come through and do something. God's already done enough. When are we going to come through for God and do what he wants us to do? But I'm waiting on you, preacher. Don't wait on me. Your salvation is, is, is between you and God alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. I'm not going to take the time to talk about how much the beach is better than the belly. But the air is cleaner on the beach than it is inside the belly of a fish. One, one, of, one of the leading therapies in the world over the last couple of decades is uh, ozone therapy. Oxygenation of blood. Gail went through all that. When she was battling cancer, we went to a clinic in Mexico that was on cutting edge with that stuff. And I, I began to learn about ozone therapy, forcing oxygen into places. And there's only three places where, where ozone naturally occurs. One is at the point of a lightning strike. The smell of the atmosphere just becomes extremely different because ozone breaks out on the planet. Two, at the base of a waterfall where water crashes onto water and splits molecules and ozone breaks out onto the atmosphere. Smells different at the bottom of a waterfall. And three, at the beach where water crashes onto water and splits molecules. And ozone breaks out onto the atmosphere. Smells different. Some of y'all grew up in Florida, so you got it like most of us. Most, most people that grew up in Florida feel better at the beach. Anybody, anybody just like sitting at the beach, just, just being around water make, makes your soul feel better. Just to be around some water. Why? Because the atmosphere is breaking out. Different when water crashes on water. When God made that fish spit Jonah out onto the beach, the whole atmosphere broke out different. The smell was different. There was more oxygen in the atmosphere 
at the point of that happening. And I want you to let God put more oxygen in your atmosphere. Some of y'all like sports. You watch sports. You know what they do? If, if one of the big old fat offensive linemen picks up a fumble and has to run more than a yard at any one given time, you know what they do to him as soon as he gets on the sidelines? <laughs> they put some oxygen in his face. Why? Because it'll help you. It'll help your life get better. Oh, God had that fish spit Jonah out. Smelled better on the beach. There's more oxygen on the beach. Some of y'all been living in the belly of the well for so long, you forget what good smells like, smells like. You forget what oxygen feels like. You've been operating on less than who God created you to be for so long. You've had seaweed wrapped around your head and around your throat. You've had stink in your nose for so long. You forget the goodness of God and the cleanness of God and the smell of real oxygen in your lungs and in your nose. Get to the place where God orders the trap to let you go. Get to the place where God speaks over your own personal crisis and says, done. Get to the place where God speaks over your prison and, and releases you. See, if you're in the third group, just start praising the Lord. The, 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 the third group are people who decided to never go there in advance. Because listen to what this place is and I'll be done. Verse 2 tells us, that the trap is a place of affliction. Verse 3 says it's a place where you're drowning. Verse 4 says it's a place where you can't see God. Verse 5 says it's a place of bondage. Verse 6 says it's a prison. You need to see the belly of the whale for what it is. It's not good. And you need to get in the third group and decide, I'm going to get out of this trap, and I'm going to live on the beach. I'm going to live in the glory of God. I'm going to live in the clean space. I'm going to live in the place of hyperoxygenization, where God is just crashing ozone into my atmosphere and life gets better. I don't know what group you're in. But if you're in group one, if you're stuck in that trap, and you know your life is smelly right now, you know you're drowning, you know you're bondage, you know you're not in a happy, joyful place, I want to encourage you to do what Jonah did. Have your then moment. Cry out to God and ask him to forgive you for the things that you've done and to get you out of that place. If you're in group two, if you got people that you just love and you want to see them get out of the trap, I got people that I love that I'm seeing fall deeper and deeper into the sea spiraling down from where they ought to be and maybe you do too make sure you're not in a trap the way you know you're not in a trap how free is your praise flowing how light is your heart how good does your atmosphere smell around you if you're in group two Thank God in advance for delivering the people that you're praying for and watch him do it. See, we can get all hyped up and, and, and I, I, I could...
preach loud and make you say stuff. But if I went on an ain't God good spell, anybody believe God is good? Hadn't he done it before? Won't he do it again? See, we can agree to all those things verbally, but when are we going to live all those things out experientially? Because just getting hyped up in church ain't going to deliver us Monday through Friday. I want everybody in this room that's a true believer to make a decision today. Get out of the trap, start praising and thanking God, and get in group three for sure. Determine. That trap ain't for me. That place of bondage, that place of stink, that place of not feeling the goodness of God, that place of not being able to smell the glory of God, that place of discouragement and devastation and bitterness and negativity, that is not for me. I don't want to be there. You get your praise up. You get your personal situation straightened out with God, and you decide, I'm not going into bondage anymore. I'm not going to let the things of life drag me down. I'm not going to let other people drag me down. I'm not going to let society drag me down. I'm not going to let myself drag me down. Time to get on a good foot with God. Live on that beach. Determine I'm not going in that whale's belly. Because that's not where God ever wanted Jonah. Jonah set things in motion that created difficulty in his own life and let me tell you something if your life is difficult in any capacity right now it's not gonna you're not gonna appreciate me for saying it but the truth's the truth anyhow if you have any difficulty in your life right now at all you did something to play into it you reap what you sow but the bible says if we'll call on god he will hear us and he will deliver us I don't want to be in a belly. I don't want to see the people I care about inside the belly. I want to get on that beach. I'm going to wrap this up right now, but I, I want you to consider real quick. Anybody think Jonah was happy to be on that beach? Anybody think he reached out with his own lips and kissed the sand on that beach and said, praise God for dry ground? I gotten off some planes and some boats sometimes and ring down and kissed it. Thank God I got my feet on solid ground again. Jonah was having a shouting spell. And it's time for us to remember how good God is. Don't let life drag you down. Don't let other folk drag you down. Don't let your own bad decisions drag you down. Ask God to deliver you and get on the beach shouting about his goodness pray with me god thank you for your word thank you for these examples god for us to learn by and lord i pray that we would do real business with you today god i pray for everybody who is in a trap who has allowed bad choices to that they've made and that other people have made to upset them and to cause them to be struggling fighting for life God, help us to choose your way. Thank you, God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you that you can still order the fish to spit your people out onto the beach. And God, I pray today that you would help us, Lord, to follow you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, I pray that you would increase the unity inside this church. 
Lord, I pray that you would let us love each other in spite of each other. And I pray that you would let us love you more than we ever have. You alone are God. No one is God besides you. you you're the only true and living God. And you deserve more than we've given you. So, God, I pray that you would forgive us for where we failed. And help us to put you first and foremost in every aspect of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.